This is On the Tea with HMB. I'm DJ Jones, and we'd like to welcome you to part two of our conversation with Chandler Withington, PGA head professional at Hazeltine National Golf Club. If you haven't already done so, we invite you to go back and have a listen to part one, where Chandler and I talk golf, life, and the 2016 Ryder Cup at Hazeltine. Without further ado, we hope you enjoy part two of our conversation with Chandler Withington. So in addition to your role at Hazeltine, something that a lot of people may not know about you is that you're also a pretty talented artist. You've made some outstanding prints in honor of the U.S. Open and Ryder Cup host venues. Uh, They happen to be hanging over your shoulder, which with this being a podcast, we'll throw a link to some images in the show notes for those who may not have seen them. But tell us the backstory there. Where did you find the inspiration? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, it's It's been a fun hobby. Um, growing up as a kid, I've, I was always enamored by like uh, ballpark blueprints and stadium maps and architecture. And I was always drawn as a kid. And the, the only, probably the only class, unfortunately, that I cared about in high school was architecture and engineering. And I didn't pay close attention to science and math and physics and a lot of other things that you had to have good grades in. So I remember meeting with my guidance counselor when I was 16 and we're talking about college and she says, what do you, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And I said, well, I'm going to be an architect. And I, she must've already known my grades, you know, without skipping a beat. She's like, that's good. What, what else might you be interested in? Cause I mean, I was a CD student in high school and didn't really have the connection to know that you had to have decent grades to pursue these things. So I kind of mentioned to her, I said, well, I'm starting to like golf. And she's, you know, she says, golf, is there a career opportunity in golf? I said, yeah, there's, there's these PGM schools I'm learning about and without, kind of knowing what had happened she kind of shooed me off into golf and I'm I'm so thankful that she did I, I love what I do uh, but three years ago uh, we had uh, our third daughter Charlotte in the fall of, eight, of 2018 and when you have your third kid uh, there's not gonna be a lot of travel that winter so I I had it in my mind that I wanted to get back to drawing a little bit I had some ideas and so I started sketching a little bit and the, the first thing I started sketching was um, the course map for Marion and I had kind of a Google map image and I drew a grid over it and I pulled a grid over to a sheet and I was just seeing if I could redraw it to scale without tracing anything. And I got kind of far down the road and I showed it to a friend of mine. His name is John Salwin. He's the director of golf at Pebble Beach, but John's also a Marion member. And I said, John, what do you think? You know, do you recognize it? Do you know what it is? And he said, yeah, let me see it when you get done. And I kind of joked with him, you know, the US Open was coming up at Pebble Beach and I said, well, I'm going to just, I'm just practicing so I can do something cool for Pebble. He said, let's see what you can do. So I started doing something similar for Pebble Beach and for a first crack at it, you know, it's pretty primitive, but um, I'm happy with how it came out. And then uh, another good friend of mine was a guy named Tom Coyne, who's an author. A lot of people probably read his books, uh, a course called Ireland. Of course, Haversham and Baker should be issuing that book as like a uh, pre-required reading. Also a course called Scotland. If you're going to travel with Haversham and Baker, you need to read either or both of these books before you travel. And then he was working on the America book. He's going to travel in 2019 across America. And uh, for his trip across Scotland, he had given away a, a ballpark blueprint. Um, Thomas Moore who does these great uh, pieces of work. He's out of Chicago, these ballpark blueprints. He had done a map of Scotland. Uh, and he had kind of a pin flag for every uh, place that Tom had visited. And I knew he was going to give away a gift for his, for his USA travels. And I kind of, I'm a historian. I had this idea uh, to, kind of draw the history of the U.S. Open through drawing all the logos of the clubs that have hosted it with uh, the names of the players that have won and 
kind of pitched it to Tom and I said, look, I'm going to do it anyway. If you like it, you know, maybe you'll consider it. And I finished it up and Tom said, oh yeah, we're, we're going to gift that thing to all the U S open venues when I travel. So it became his thank you gift. And, um, you know, thankfully, you know, Tom Coyne was like Johnny Appleseed. He dropped my artwork all over uh, the top clubs in the country. And we started getting some word of mouth and it kind of gave me enough confidence to kind of start pursuing some other ones. As you kind of mentioned, I did one for the Ryder cup. I've done one for the masters. I've done one for the open championship. Um, uh, I did one for Bob Ford uh, as kind of a, a going away gift, you know, kind of the one that's over my shoulder right there uh, for the Walker cup at Seminole. And uh, it's, you know, we have these long winters here in Minnesota. So it, when things slow down with work, it gives me a little time to, to pursue a hobby, which is really what it is. It's not a profession. It's just a hobby. It's something I enjoy doing, but um, golf fanatics kind of seen it and, and love it. And it's fun to share it with them as a gift. You know, I haven't been licensed to sell any of these um, and I'm, a golf professional who has way too much respect for the masters or the USGA or the PGA or RNA to go trying to sell these on Etsy or doing something like that. But um, it's been fun to share it with people that, that love it or gravitate towards it. It's great conversations when you kind of look at some of these clubs and you realize that there was a US Open at Maya Via Hunt Club or Chicago Golf Club way back in the early 1900s and looking at who's hosted the most or what some of the lowest scores were. But um, it's just been a fun, a fun sideshow for me. And uh, it's a, it's a fun conversation, so I appreciate you asking about it. Absolutely. And you'll be pleased to know that we do distribute a course called Scotland uh, to some of the H&B forces each year. But, you know, if you ever, I don't know, needed to pad the college fund or something, uh, you would have no problem selling those prints to golf fans on Twitter because I know a ton of them out there are, are wanting to get their hands on one. I know. It's uh, all the different logos and you know, maybe if the USJ or the PGA figure out the legality of how we do this, we've, we've talked about it and maybe it'll happen here in the near future. I hope so. Cause it's, I want to do it legally and, um, and do it the right way and, and respectfully. It's, it's your point. It's if I open up an Etsy shop, I'd sure be selling it, but you know, for who I am, I need to be doing it the right way. It's back to the integrity and the rules of the game. So no doubt about it. And I read an article, it's been a while back now. Uh, and I believe Tom Coyne had a few extras that he, auctioned off for charity after his a course called America tour. He did. And that's, that's been the, the real, for me, I think with all of this that I've done, that's been the really rewarding part for me was that while we can't sell it, we can gift it and we can donate it. That's I'm not profiting off of that. We've done it for charity now. I think, you know, five or six times, some different live auctions. Tom did that one for COVID, which was great. Uh, Folds of honor here has done it and uh, some other ones and it's, it's auctioned off for, you know, well over about three to four or five thousand dollars more than a few times, which is mind blowing to me. But uh, especially when you got an organization like Folds of Honor that creates scholarships for these families that have lost people in service um, to know that I drew something and it helped the kid go to college. That's, uh, you know, quite a reward for me. Well, to shift gears slightly uh, over to travel. Um, Hazeltine has a rich heritage of its own. We've talked a little about that as a, as a major championship venue and a past Ryder Cup host and a, a future Ryder Cup host with another already on the calendar. I'm curious, you know, what does travel bring to the culture or the heritage of the club that might have otherwise been missing? Well, I think, I mean, for me, I think as our role as golf professionals, I, I think what I've learned and I've experienced is that there's really three ways to engage your members. And that is to teach them, teach them lessons, uh, also to play with them. This afternoon, I'll be playing with some members. 
Uh, but most important, I think, once you travel with members, those bonds are uh, like irreplaceable. I think the the people that I travel with uh, the first time I just saw them at an event here last night, I mean, some of those people still hug me every time they see me. It's once you go that far away from home, not only are you playing where golf is great, but <clears throat> you really get to know people and, uh, and they become some of your closest friends for the rest of your life. So that is not only do I want to play these great golf courses in England, Scotland, and Ireland, but um, I want to spend real quality time with, with our members. So uh, we've been sitting on an Ireland trip now for two years at no fault of anyone's um, trying to get to Royal County down in Port Rush and Port Stewart and uh, Port Marnock. And uh, we're hoping May of 22, the putt's going to fall. And then I've got some other plans for 2023. I'm, I'm such a Walker cup fan and the Walker cup's going to be at the old course and I still haven't played the old course. We're hoping to do a trip to the old course in 23. Of course, that's the one that everyone, that's the holy ground, right? Um, but I think it also creates relationships with uh, these people overseas and within these clubs. And specifically, as we start to see some of the Ryder Cup venues, and we're going to want to travel to Adair Manor uh, in Ireland and create relationships with them, knowing that they're going to host the Ryder Cup in 2027 right before us. But um, I think it's it's a sense of adventure. Uh, it's a bond and it's something so set apart than it, no shame of going to Bandit Dunes or Pinehurst or these other great destinations. But when you go wheels up, you know, get across the, you know, to a foreign land, I mean, you, you got to really come together pretty quick. I know it will probably be hard to narrow down, but besides the relationship aspect of it, uh, any stories or memories from your trips across the pond that stand out? There's a story I tell pretty often that I think summarizes the difference um, between the way uh, the Brits really look at the game and how it's meant to be played, how sometimes the Americans, you know, we, we view the game sometimes a little different. I kind of, I lean more British. Uh, so we had gotten to the last stop on our trip in 2014, right before the Ryder Cup, we're going to play at North Barrett, which is now still in my top five of all the places I've ever played. Um, I can't wait to hopefully get back there in the near future. So we arrive at North Barrett and it's a very similar property to St. Andrews. You've got the ocean, little sliver of land, and then the town of Berwick is right there. And um, you know, when you play these Scottish courses, it, you know a lot of them don't have room for a practice facility or a driving range. It's just they're lucky to get the land that they have. So we get off the bus and check in, and I'm hitting a few putts, and we're getting ready to go. And uh, one of the women on our trip, you know, to her credit, it doesn't play as much golf or is as familiar with the history of the game. I hear her go over to the starter, and she says, uh, excuse me, can you direct me towards the driving range? And I'm laughing in my head thinking, you know, where do you think there's an expansive land to hit balls? I mean, look around here, it's not gonna happen. So he says, uh, sorry, ma'am, uh, no range here at the, at the North Berwick. We do have a wee bit of a net over there. If you'd like to hit a few into the net to get you loose and on your way and you're ready to go. And she's kind of like, you know, well, I don't know how I'm gonna play golf without warming up. And you know, the Brits, they had a few putts and off they go. And he says, oh, you'd be just fine, ma'am. You'll roll a few putts and off, off to the links. She says, uh, can you tell me, will, will there be a halfway house that we could get some lunch for when we make the turn? He says, oh, sorry, ma'am, we, we do not have a halfway house here at North Barrett. We, we do have a toilet if you happen to need one. But other than that, you, you turn it around and in you come. She's very concerned about lunch, you can tell. And she says, well, we're, we're teeing off at 10 and we're not going to be done until about 2.30 or 3, which, you know, really got his attention. He says, oh, Oh, ma'am, I think you'll be around rather quickly. Uh, before you know it, you'll be back in here by about one thirty. She says, uh, three and a half hours? Are we Are we only playing nine holes? And it, it's starting to really eat away at him, and I'm trying not to laugh. And, well, would it be possible 
still, we're, we're going to be up there at the lunch hour. Would you maybe have a menu that maybe we could order some sandwiches and have them brought out to us for when we make the turn? And this was the one that he had to be a little blunt and direct. And he says, sorry, man, we won't, we won't be able to arrange that for you. Uh, and, if, and if I, you don't mind me saying, uh, this is not a picnic that you're heading out for, ma'am. Okay. Uh, your caddies are over there. You roll a few putts, hit a few into the net if you want to, and we'll see you about one thirty. Enjoy your time. And I could see him going into the starter shed there uh, behind the first tee and you know, the Brits look at us and go, yeah, the Americans with their four and a half, five hour rounds and their sandwiches and their lunch, you know, she comes over to me and says, can you, did you hear what he just said to me? I said, oh, I did. I said, you better be ready to move your feet out there. I said, the reason they don't have halfway houses and menus and sandwiches is they don't go out there and play golf long enough to get hungry. You know, they get about it quick, they get back in and then they'll, they'll enjoy a few pints and, and spend their time there. But I enjoy the quickness and the, the simpleness, um, the um, minimalism that there is of, of the British game, it's, it's perfect. And, uh, you know, no big budgets and pageantry. It's, it's golf and it's golf and get back in and have a small sandwich and some pints with your friends. And um, that's what I really love and, and look forward to when I get over there. Well, there's really nothing like it. Um, you know, Lynx golf takes a little bit of adjusting uh, from your first time over as, as evidenced by that story. But, you know, once it takes hold, uh, it rarely lets go. And, uh, you know, keeping it on travel for just another moment, I've heard a little bit of the story and, and would love to hear the rest. Tell us about your visit to Withington Golf Club. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about it. It actually didn't happen. Um, I had it all lined up for that England trip there in 2018. So Withington Golf Club, it was about a month before the Ryder Cup, uh, was active on Twitter then. I'm, I'm off it now. I'm kind of anti-social media these days. But um, at the time, I, I got a tweet sent to me from Withington Golf Club. It said, hey, check out the, the Ryder Cup host pro with the same last name as our club. And I couldn't believe I hadn't heard of it. I said, where is this, Australia? Or pull it up, and it was uh, just outside Manchester in England. And I, I replied, I said, wow, I, I had no idea. I, I'll have to put this on my list and come see you. And they said, well, we're, we got a special promotion going on. If, if you have the same last name as our club and you're hosting a Ryder Cup, you get a free membership. And I said, well, I accept. You know, I, I'm not a member of any club. That's the only club I'm a member at. And uh, we they sent me some nice, uh, some shirts. I've got some shirts with logo on it. It's, it's classic. Uh, took some photos and sent it over to him. And I said, I was looking forward to seeing you. And then I... Uh, I tried to arrange around for when I was going over at this trip to, you know, Liverpool and uh, Litham and Birkdale and, and Hillside, which is a great sleeper and Formby and Southport and Ainsdale. And I, I was going to break away from the guys and go visit Whittington. And uh, it, it's more on me than them. I, I got back to them late and they said, well, our captains have already made other arrangements. And I said, shoot, I'm, I'm, I'm there and I'm not going to get to visit um, maybe some other time, but it was, getting back to it was a really kind gesture for them to recognize my name reach out and make this rare connection and it's still the only club i'm a member at so i'm a proud member of whittington golf club well that's great stuff and just another reason to get back to england's golf coast down the line right well chandler this has been really great and as we draw to a close one of the goals of the podcast is to provide a place where younger pga professionals can you know, maybe hear some advice and insight from those who have gone before them. You have been at it a while now. Um, any wisdom that you would pass along to someone who is in your shoes from back in those early days that we discussed in part one? 
Yeah, I think I'm hoping to go back to actually my alma mater, Campbell, uh, this fall. We're going to be down in Pioneers. There's an event to honor the career of Bob Ford in Pioneers, and I'm going to be pretty close to Campbell. And I've gone back, I was back there in 2015. I, I spoke to the PGM class a little bit, and I'll be hopefully going back this fall uh, to speak to him again. But I think now, 20 years plus out in the industry, I think what I thought the job was going to be like was playing and practicing and, and teaching the members and traveling around and doing these great trips like Habersham, you know, those things are a part of it. But I think what I've realized now is that we're, we're really just in the relationship business. Uh, what's so, I think, important to people that are coming out is to build relationships, solid relationships. It's understanding how to connect with people, find that common ground. Uh, people use the word network, but it's really relationship building. And it's about remembering those small details about people, you know, Where's Daniel Jones from? Where did he go to school? What got him into golf? Who's his favorite player? And how do you reconnect on those small details? Um, you know, we we had a member here lose her husband earlier this week. You know, we're kind of the first line of making those people uh, feel loved and helping to move on. And she's out here playing golf this morning, um, but she realized how much of a family you really are. If, if you're at a private club like I am, um, those relationships are so key. Um, I think that is, uh, as I look back on it, I think in, when I get done, you know, you, you won't remember the the shots we hit or who won what tournament or kind of we talked about earlier in this podcast about Arnold Palmer. It's uh, you realize it's our role is really about how we make others feel. And that's the opportunity slash challenge every day is, you know, everyone wants to feel important. Um, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, Bob Ford was great at that. So I've had some great mentors and people to, to coach me and I'm trying to hand it down now and prepare the next uh, wave and generation of young professionals to be successful. But I think it's, the relationships will set you apart, you know, along with what Bob kind of said about playing, you know, take pride in how you play, try to keep getting better and improving. Uh, you know, people will admire you for that. And, and you may get invited to do some pretty cool things if you can play pretty well. So um, that's where I'm at in, in uh, this time of my life and looking forward to all the stuff that's ahead of us here at Hazeltine and beyond. Well, that's some outstanding insight, Chandler. And this has been a real treat. Uh, I had hoped to snag you for maybe 30 minutes and, We've gone twice that, and it has absolutely flown by, and I've loved every minute of it. So thank you again for investing your valuable time with us. And we're all going to look forward to that trip to Ireland. Uh, you'll be happy to know that the H&B forces are enjoying the courses of Ireland again as we speak. So we'll look forward to that and maybe a repeat of the Ryder Cup again in 2029. Yeah, so are we. It's I'm not rushing to get there. I'll be 50 if I'm still here and when that thing comes around. So one day at a time. I'm, I'm glad to hear we're getting back to seeing our friends overseas. It's if the pandemic has put some things in perspective, it's that, you know, these trips are freedom and they're a privilege to do and they, 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 they won't always be there. So I think we're always looking forward to it. I think we'll appreciate it much more and I will be the opportunity to do it next spring. So can't wait for uh, this trip upcoming and more trips with Haversham and Baker. I'm glad you guys are doing these podcasts and look forward to listening to the rest of the people you have on. Well, it was absolutely our pleasure. Cheers, Chandler. All right, Daniel, thank you so much.